So this episode should have dropped with episode one, but due to technical issues, it wasn't released. Flatout episodes drop every Friday of the week. Stay tuned and enjoy. Thank you. The WNBA lasted for six months. EuroLeague is going to be on for at least eight. NBA starts this October and going to end in June. I have a friend that plays in Uganda and they are five months in already and it's not over yet. And you come up with a seven week turn. It's not even a league, it's a tournament. I watch the WNBA and shame on everyone that bashes the female league. I do not get it. It's more like envy because these girls are way better than you are doing. So let me just eat on them. That's what it is because these girls are incredible. The ladies are wonderful. I certainly feel that this is going to be the most competitive playoffs we have ever seen in the female basketball league. It's not going to be all first bank this time, it's not going to be all dolphins. So I'll be looking forward to the season itself. Yeah, for the first time in a while, the NBA is well balanced. I can't say evenly balanced because some things are still going to chop in. Oh my Jekba, whether they like it or not. Watch out my Jekba. Well, the basketball gods have been good to us. They didn't make us wait so long. They gave us the FIBA World Cup in preparation for the leagues and the season all around the world. Um, some leagues are in full flight, like the Euro League, and the NBA is going to kick off pretty soon. And while some others are closing, the WNBA and our very own Zenith Basketball League is coming to a close. I watch the WNBA and shame on everyone that bashes the female league. I do not get it. It's more like envy because these girls are way better than you at the game. So let me just eat on them. That's what it is because these girls are incredible. The ladies are wonderful. Season just came to an end a couple of days ago and it was terrific. Mystics and the Connecticut Suns played out a trailer in game five, the final game of the season. I was in awe. Mystics came out on top behind their Wonder Woman, Elena Deladon, who was the MVP of the league. She was outstanding. And she suffered some injuries going into the playoffs. Like she had a broken nose, a bruised knee, inated this at her back, and she was still able to pull her team through. Although, yes, it wasn't a one-man thing. It was a collective effort from everyone on the team. Christy Tolliver, Ariel Atkins, um, Natasha Cloud. These girls were also terrific. They were wonderful as well. But the catalyst that helped them get this far from the regular season into the playoffs was Ima Missiman. She was just on another world. This was someone that was averaging 13 points per game in the regular season. She just stepped up, flipped the switch and said, yeah, I'm going to go all out. 
go berserk. He went off for 20 points plus per game. And that was the spark they needed to beat Las Vegas Aces in the semi-final matchup and ultimately Connecticut in the final game. On the flip side, Connecticut Suns were no pushovers. They were the second seed going into the playoffs and they had just swept the Los Angeles Sparks. I don't know what happened to the Sparks this season. They were just off. I felt they had the right pieces to have a deep run in the playoffs, but no, it wasn't that. They had issues with some of the key players not stepping up and turnovers was an issue even from the regular season and the Suns just took advantage of that. From every turnover was a point, every turnover was a point. <laughs> they got swept and the Connecticut Suns played out a trailer with the mystics. I, I don't know what, I can't find words to describe how excited I was that day. NBA players were tweeting about this. I had goosebumps watching the game. It was a freaking thriller. I felt they just lost gas going into the fourth quarter and the Mystics took advantage when they smelled blood in the river. They just killed the game. And But my hats off to them, they played remarkably well. Coming down to the Zen Basketball League in Nigeria, which is also coming to a close. The playoffs is going to be in Lagos and starts on the 17th of this month. Um, we have a familiar faces going into the playoffs. Uh, First Bank of Nigeria who have been dominant all year long. Although they have not been the first bank that we are so accustomed to, they've had their issues as well throughout the season. They lost the game to Dolphins by 25. They struggled against the first deporter team which had five players for them. All this has shown that it's going to actually be beaten, but they are still the front runners for this year's championship as well. They have Dolphins, MFM, Delta Force coming out from the Atlantic Conference. And for the Savannah Conference, Air Warriors, Customs, Play Two Rocks, Black Gold Queen. I the Air Warriors are the top guns from the Savannah Conference and will put up a fight for the title this year. Uh, I certainly feel that this is going to be the most competitive playoffs we have ever seen in the female basketball league. It's not going to be all first bank this time, it's not going to be all Dolphins. Most of these teams are actually going to show up and play really well. Now it's up to who wants it more, who has the right pieces, who is really to give it their all to win this title. I'm really excited to see what goes on. And I hope people actually turn up. Like nobody else will support our people now. Now we. So maybe we turn up our big. I'll see you guys there on the 17th, hopefully. <laughs> Moving forward, the Euro League is on. The NBA basketball season kicks off on the 23rd of this month. Although preseason is already taking place all around the world. Um, the Nigerian Basketball League. I don't know if it's going to be called that because of the electoral crisis that has been going back and forth, but it was stated to kick off on the 13th and move to a later date for some reasons which I do not know. But it's, it's really sad to see that the Nigerian basketball scene has gone into a huge hole. I get the point. I understand there's this certain need for power. But 
everyone in that position claims the same thing i want to make the game better i want to help these players grow i want to help basketball grow in nigeria if you really want to do something acts like it the WNBA lasted for six months. EuroLeague is going to be on for at least eight. NBA starts this October and going to end in June. I have a friend that plays in Uganda and they are five months in already and it's not over yet. And you come up with a seven week turn. It's not even a league, it's a tournament. We can set up a tournament like that. Guys, just guys chilling around. Can set up a tournament like that seven weeks seven damn weeks i it's it's really sad i don't know what to say this is my shot to both factions or whoever is in charge you really say you want to help the game okay fine one faction start up a league that lasts from january to may and see if players won't play the other faction, good. These guys, you set up your own league from January to May. I'm going to do mine from June to October. This will help the players play more games, earn more money. You can even brand it and make it look better to the world. I know there will probably be another election. FIBA is still going to come down and try to sort things out. But before then, these are the things that could have been done. Now you. If your league was really, really beneficial to most people, you'll get the support of the players, the um, administration, all the other guys that are involved in voting. But if not, the other faction wins. It's as simple as that. I don't get why this is such a big issue. For two years now, we've gone back and forth with this. And it's really sad. I hope the league starts and players get a shot at the continental ticket for their various things and also the BL which comes up next year. I know that the winner of this league gets to represent Nigeria, gets one slot in the BL that is set up by NBA next year. That would be a great one to see. Um, the NBA, yes the preseason are on and I tell people this a lot like the preseason mean little or nothing. Reason being that most of these teams are trying out a lot of players, a lot of things that work, trying to get a feel of the um, rotation, players that can actually work with each other and cut and stuff like that. So you seeing a team blow out one other team in a preseason game really means nothing. These are just exhibition games, basically. <laughs> so I'll be looking forward to the season itself. Yeah, for first time in a while, the NBA is well balanced. I can't say evenly balanced because some teams are still going to chop in. Oh my Jekba, whether they like it or not. Watch out my Jekba. And KD leaving the Warriors was what prompted all this. KD was an uneven advantage for the Warriors organization that had Steph, Clay, Draymond, Igudala, and a load of guys off the bench that could just turn up at will. If anything was going wrong in the game against the Warriors, one of these dudes could just say, okay, hand me the ball, I'm going to score 20 in this quarter, and that's that. Everything is back to normal. <laughs> that's how good they were. 
but him being with the Brooklyn Nets this season alongside Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan created this sort of balance in the league. Now, most of these teams really feel they have a shot at the title. And with the trades that have happened in the NBA, yes, they really have a shot. Although KD won't be playing a game this season, the Brooklyn Nets still have a pretty good team that could take, that could actually do well in the playoffs that if they get that far. I believe they will get that far because the Eastern Conference is the perfect environment for a team like that to thrive even when they do not have all their pieces together. The Boston Celtics acquired Kemba Walker and a couple of guys also returning. Although Al Orford left, the veteran presence might not be as he used to be, but they still have good players. And I hope they are able to rekindle the fire that they had before Kyrie and the little that they had with Kyrie. I don't know what the issues were in the team, but I felt they could have done way better last year than they did even the year before. Um, the Toronto Raptors shouldn't be looked over because Kawhi left as well. A lot of the guys are way better from the last season. Freddie Wood had an incredible postseason. He's still with the team. Pascal Siakam, most improved player of the year. All these guys, Marc Gasol had... <laughs> in fact, that, this guy was the one who won last season. <laughs> he won the NBA title and also won the FIBA World Cup with Spain. These guys really have a shot at going for a repeat. Don't know how good a shot it is, but they'll try their best. And Sixers are my pick for the Eastern Conference champions this year. They are coming off a wonderful season and they have most of the guys returning, except Jimmy Butler, who is now with the Miami Heat. And in case you people did not see it though, Ben Simmons knocked down with three-point shots in an actual game. Now, this is not workout. This is not pro runs that they have during the summer in an actual game. That one, I don't care if it is pre-season or the season. <laughs> he knocked it in an actual game. And it was like a miracle to most of us. But that makes the team a little better. If he's able to score those shots, I feel it steps up the opportunity of going further in the playoffs. But I kind of overlooked the Milwaukee Bucks who also had an incredible season. They have Giannis, the MVP of the league, and they were able to acquire his brother Tianis and Ruben Lopez, who is Brook Lopez's brother. I think the reason why they acquired Ruben Lopez is because he actually does stuff that big men do, which is not shoot three-pointers as much as Brook does. So they have someone that can actually protect the rim a lot more. If they continue with the same intensity and pick up from where they left last season, they will do great. Um, moving on to the Western Conference. The Lakers acquired AD, Anthony Davis, to play alongside King James with a couple of other notable role players for that team. Um, Dwight Howard, Danny Green, and the guys that are returning as well. They will make noise. I'm pretty sure of that. I feel LeBron is out to prove something this season. He's 34, and I think he's looking for like a stamp on his legacy going into this season. But there's really nothing to stamp, my brother. We know that you are one of the greatest to actually pick up a basketball, so there's really nothing to prove. 
But for LeBron, we we know who he is. He's going to come out strong. He has shown with the way he even played the game against Warriors during the preseason that he wants it all. He wants all this smoke. He's playing like he's 19 again with so much energy and intensity. I wish them the best of luck. The Clippers won the offseason. They got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. These are two of the best two-way players in the league. Joining a team that was able to take the Warriors last season to game six. It's going to be scary for every other team in the league. No jokes. The likes of Lou Williams, Montrose, Ariel. These are guys that put the team on their back. Patrick Beverly. They'll probably be the best defensive team in the league come this season. It's a short thing. The Warriors are gradually rebuilding. Um, they have most of their core players back. And yes, they are not as dominant as we've grown accustomed to seeing them be. But still, this is a team that won a title without KD. They won 73 games in a season. If you put this all together, they are still front runners in the NBA. They're still one of the best teams in the NBA. So watch out for this season. It will be a very underrated one. Um, the Rockets traded for Russell, sending CP3 to the OKC. It was weird since Chris Paul on the OKC jersey with his mustache. Oh my God, that look was that look was really funny. But the Rockets have Westbrook and James Arden in their backcourt. I don't know how this is going to work because these two dudes are guys that are really ball dominant and they are not playing different positions. This is unlike the era of Shaq and Kobe where they have guys that are ball dominant but play different positions. But So how would this work? I do not know. Nobody knows right now. But we hope that their season is going to be as promising as it looks. I wish all these things the best coming this season. For real, the NBA is going to be really, really entertaining. I can't wait for it. And before I forget, yes, Bleacher Report put out a list for the top 50 of all time to ever grace the NBA scene. Mind you, this is just your opinion. It's is not like we can't say it is accurate some people might say it is wrong that somebody should have been on the list we all have our own reservations our own suggestions our own opinions but it was a list made by bleacher reports and that is their own truth but we still have to discuss about it and have conversations going back and forth i have my own reservations um a couple of guys that i felt should have made the list didn't make it the likes of Allen Iverson, Gary Payton, Chris Webber, Dennis Rodman, Tracy McGrady. They were all stuck under the honorable mentions column, but still, like I said, it is their list. But one thing that one player that popped out to me was Steph Curry. Steph was ranked number 10. Too high? I think so. He may be too high, but I don't know where else we would have been placed on the ranking, but to me, 10 is too high. But still, Steph deserves to be on the list. He single-handedly changed the way the game is being officiated. <laughs> A lot of people will say the rules are favored him, but that does not stop Steph from shooting from 40. Touch fouls and all those things were adjusted because of shooters like him. And 
it has made the game much more interesting. We have been able to embrace the idea of three-point shooting being a key factor in winning games right now. And Steph is one of those dudes that do it the best. He's arguably the best shooter of all time. Currently leading the NBA in most made three points. This dude just ticked off on his diary with a certain year like, man, I'm going to mess up things for the league. And from the year 2012, he started scoring over 200 threes per season. He scored 272 the year 2012. So yes, I will pick him over all of the point guards on the list. The likes of Isaiah Thomas, the bad boy Pistons Isaiah Thomas, not the short Isaiah Thomas that we know now. Um, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd. I will certainly pick Steph over those guys. Um, Kobe was ranked number 14. This to me was blasphemous, disrespectful, and unacceptable. You do not put Kobe number 14 and put David Robinson at number 12, and put Steph at number 10, and put, um, no offense, these guys are legends too, Tim Duncan, Shaq at number 6. If Kobe is not top 5, he should be top 10. That's how I see it. This is one of the best Lakers ever, and certainly one of the best to ever play the game. There is no team in the league that Kobe has not scored 40 on. This guy was different. His work ethic was off the charts. We've seen it, we know how feisty this man can be. And you put him number 14, you rank him that low, it's unacceptable. Um, the top five had Michael Jordan, the GOAT. No arguments there, that's the greatest player of all time. He is the first to be reckoned with and his impact on the game, on and off the basketball court is immeasurable. LeBron James number two. I wouldn't have placed LeBron James number two. He probably fall three to five. But if you look at what he has also done for the league, for the game worldwide, um, it's just like Jordan in regards to being a force out of the basketball court. Yes, we all know that Kobe is like the heir apparent to Jordan, the guy that plays just like Jordan, that has the same moves like Jordan. But when it comes to being a force off the basketball court, being able to control things away from basketball, LeBron is that guy. And he has done it on one stage all through his life. Karim Abdul-Jabbar was number three. That is a no-brainer. Most points ever in the NBA, multiple championships, multiple All-Star, multiple MVPs. To some people, is the greatest of all time. So that's a no-brainer. Magic number four and Larry Bird number five, those two guys also helped the league become what it is right now. There is no argument there to me. ESPN also came up with a list for the top 100 active players and I have only one issue. Zion was ranked number 42 and I think Clay was ranked 47 or 49. I can't remember the number. That alone is that alone has made that list useless to me. I do not want to know about it. You rank Zion over a three-time champion. Now, I'm not even going to look at Clay. Zion was ranked over DeMar DeRozan. Even Luca was ranked over these guys. Luca has, yes, Luca is an exceptional talent. He has been a vet for most of his life. But these dudes are something else. These dudes just, 
You can pick up someone like Zion who just played the preseason or who is just playing the preseason and you place him over a dude like Clay. I'm not going to go into that. That is just stupid. That list is bogus. They need to get someone to check the writers, the team or people that put that together. That is wrong. Wrong and I mean in every sense of the word. Thank you for tuning to Flat Out again. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your various platforms. It's out on like seven platforms now and more and more are coming up. Stay frosty, my people. Stay safe. See you next time.